This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. When you smell the stank in this episode, you're probably going to die. Hello and welcome to Buffett the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. And we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which is a show that I love. But I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we watch season two, episode 20 of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Go Fish. As well as Gilmore Girls, Help Wanted. These were both decent, I don't know. I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, I don't know. These aren't the uh, stellar episodes. No, but there's plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah. If you hear our oven beep, it's because we're making baked potatoes right now. We've mastered the art of baked potato. The end. We won't tell you the secret unless you ask. And then we'll just tell you. It's just a recipe I found on Google. If you find it, good for you as well. It's not complicated. It's not, but it's not uh, what you'd expect. It sort of is. (laughs) (laughs) What did you expect, Brian? What, you what we do. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people wrap them in tinfoil. Yeah, that's We true. wrap them in something you would not expect. Meltable plastic. <laughs> we did sketch cram. We made a sketch about being stunt card commentators. For those of you that aren't familiar, sketch cram is a show where we write and film and edit and then show a sketch in a single day. When we say we, he means a whole group of people do that to make a show remotely from a lot of different homes. And we are a small part of a larger show, but we did all those things. It was fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's on our YouTube page, Brian and Stacy. Check it out. Oh, and happy birthday to our friend Tojo. Happy birthday, Tojo. I don't know if you're listening to this the day it comes out, but if you are, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Also, sorry to any other friends who listen who maybe have had birthdays during the podcast and I forgot to give you birthday shout outs. But let's just jump into these episodes. We got to start talking about them. So this week we started with Buffy. Stacy, tell us about Go Fish. So this episode is about the Sunnydale High swim team having a lot of success, but we find out that that success comes at a price, and it's a lot. Um, it's a lot what's happening to these boys. Yeah, it's, there's a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, yeah, some some dark some dark things. So it opens at a victory party at the beach. The swim team is like on their way to state. They just won some big meet. They're doing great. Xander's like all jealous. He thinks this is dumb that these guys get so much attention. I don't know why the gang is here. Like they're not into sports. Why are they at this party? I know. But also Xander's jealousy to me, like I just seems stupid. He's got the things he wants. Yeah. He's dating like the most popular, the most attractive woman in school. He has a harem of women. Yeah, honestly. You know what I mean? Like he's friends with Buffy who's got this cool secret life and he's like dating the most attractive woman what is he upset about because people don't treat him like he's popular you think he'd be like actually you know things aren't bad for me other than the vampire stuff right Buffy is upset at the ocean (laughs) that is true she's not mad at the ocean but she's upset she is at the ocean she's staring at it and this new boy Cameron just very confidently comes up to her and starts flirting with her I'm like what why is he so freaking confident turns out he's one of the swim boys so he probably is pretty high on having just won a swim meet but anytime this happens in an episode you're like oh you're gonna die though or you've got a bad ulterior motive oh big time and he was such a douchebag it was like this guy's done this is like what the third or fourth or fifth time some guy at like a party is just like snuck up behind Buffy like hey Buffy Summers the guy that asked her out in the last episode didn't die well maybe he will 
Maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. You're right, though. Meanwhile, the rest of the swim team is drowning Jonathan in, like, a bucket of ice. And Buffy runs over to stop this. They get pissed that she stops it. Jonathan's pissed that she stopped it. Like, everyone hates this. And two of the swim boys, like, rage walk down the beach. Their names are Dodd and Gage. We've killed off so many of the students. They're, like, out of names, I guess. (laughs) They're out of douche names. Gage is in a lot of the show, and I thought he was, like, a terrible actor. I looked him up. His name is Wentworth Miller, and he's in a bunch of stuff, like the star of Prison Break. He's in The Flash. But this was his very first role, so it makes sense. I don't know. I just did not believe a thing he said or did. Anyway, he thinks that something is stinky, and his other friend just kind of disappears, so Gage goes back to the party. But then we see, like, remains of some sort. It's kind of very zoomed in on it. I couldn't exactly tell. It's clearly, like, his skin. I did not think that was clear. I did not know what I was seeing. Really? I thought it was... Okay. But then behind him, there's some sort of water creature walking away in the background. Kind of looks like if Reptile Boy had legs. It looks a lot like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Willow's still teaching. Is she getting paid? We don't know. Seems to be going great, except she's got problems with Gage. She doesn't like how he's playing naked lady solitaire instead of doing schoolwork, which is fair. But Principal Court comes in and lets her know that they can't find a teacher. There's no teachers left that want to teach at this school, so he asks if she can keep doing it. That's believable to me. Like if <laughs> I was like, what's this job? Wait, how many people have died? Some were eaten? I'm maybe not going to teach that computer class. Again, though, this is just one period? Like, is Willow teaching all day? Doesn't she have to go to school? You'd think she'd have a class about now. I, I just don't, I don't understand the logistics of this. He's like, you're doing great, teaching awesome, but could you, like, teach Gage a little less? Like, we need Gage to not fail, so just, like, ignore him, give him A's. We need the swim team to stay in school, pass the swim meets. Please help us cheat, Willow. But don't. But don't. Of course, I'm not telling you to do that. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. So she tells, like, Xander and Cordelia about this. They all complain how this isn't fair. These guys have so much privilege. Buffy, meanwhile, is in a car with Cameron, who won't shut the fuck up about the ocean. (laughs) It's pretty funny. She looks so bored immediately. He talks to it, apparently. I mean, she seemed like she was into the ocean when he first met her, so maybe that's why he thinks she wants to hear about this. This guy should freaking date Drew. Like, he hears the ocean? That sounds like something she would do. (laughs) Right. We could just have conversations about the elements. (laughs) But yeah, Buffy's clearly not into this. But Cameron takes this as a signal that he should forcibly have sex with her in a parking lot in broad daylight. Can we just, the whole episode, he keeps being like, hey, I'm not trying to press you at all. I just want to be close to you and I want you to have a good time and feel comfortable. And then he's like, I'm locking the doors and we're touching those tits. It was like, whoa, what? (laughs) Yeah. So she rightfully breaks his nose by smashing it on the steering wheel, which somehow Quark sees. It's a bold move to go to second base uh, right in front of the principal. (laughs) Right. Can I also point out that Cameron sounds a lot like Angel? He does. Like, if you close your eyes, it sounds like Angel's in the scene. And I like to watch the show with my eyes closed. (laughs) No, but sometimes I write... That's why you couldn't tell what that body was. Yes. No, but sometimes I write notes. I look down. But every time I was looking down, I was like, Angel? So we take Cameron to the nurse's office. For some reason, Buffy's in there, and the coach tells her maybe she just shouldn't dress so sexy. Which, okay, we have talked about how Buffy dresses sexy. But my point is, I don't think the school would allow her to. Right. And it's cold. Right. But, dude, come on. Yeah, I know, I love that they're like, hey, you broke his nose, but it's because you were dressed so sexy. <sighs> Anyone dressed like that deserves to be accosted in the middle of the day in the parking lot in front of the principal. Apparently, Dodd's remains have been found on the beach. Well, his skin, as Brian clearly recognized to be skin. I'm not as familiar with loose beach skin as you. <laughs> I watch a lot of Silence of the Lambs. They think it ripped him open and like ate out his insides and left his skin. 
And Giles says that Snyder wants the faculty to keep quiet about this. What? That's so... You you can't do that. As of right now, they think the kids are dying. And they're covering it up so that the swim team can keep winning? Like, is there a million dollar prize for winning this swim meet? Yeah, the swim meet seems to have a lot of priority. Yeah. So Cameron is chilling in the sauna. Really leads me to believe there's something up with the sauna. You didn't think that right away. Yes, I did. You did. The first time I saw the sauna, or at least the second time. I mean, the first time there's like the creature is lurking. So I thought maybe he was just going to like get attacked by the creature. And it's not the creature. It's the coach who actually is the creature. We'll get to that. Cameron runs into Xander in the hallway, and they just have this real macho fight about, like, who does and doesn't get Buffy, I think. I don't know. Boy bullshit. And Cameron's gonna go steal some food from the cafeteria, because he can. Xander has to peasantly pay for a grape soda from the vending machine. He does a lot of vending machine runs, by the way. I feel like half of Xander's scenes are him walking to the vending machine. Yeah. But once Cameron gets to the cafeteria, he smells the stank. From earlier in the episode. And you know that's bad. When you smell the stank in this episode, you're probably going to die. That's not 100% true. Xander hears Cameron scream. He goes into the cafeteria and notices Cameron's skin on the ground. And then he sees the monster from The Shape of Water. So Xander's trying to explain the Shape of Water monster to Cordelia, who's like sketching it. And it looks pretty good, I think. Yeah, he keeps being like, no, bigger mouth. And I'm like, she's done with this drawing, Xander. Like, (laughs) Yeah, this scene was weird because Giles is like, are you sure that's it? But I was like, I think that's it. Why are we questioning it? Everyone's done a good job. Also, if you see anything remotely like this, that's probably it. Yeah. Or that's something else you got to deal with anyway. In a recent episode, they went off a child's drawing, and then the monster looked nothing like it. Somehow they recognized it. (laughs) Buffy has determined that the swimmers are dying in the order of how good they are. It's been only two, so that could just be random at this point. They've had crazier theories that have proven to be right. So Gage is the next best swimmer that's still alive, so Buffy's gonna, like, patrol him and make sure he doesn't die. So she's, like, creeping on him in that lounge area where he's playing the first ever Game Boy. There's so much downtime at this school. I know, everyone's always hanging out. We had, like study hall or we had like a 10 minute break maybe seniors do they have to take fewer classes i don't know yeah i mean we had what was called commons and for seniors that was unsupervised we just got to like hang out in this like atrium area and like the vice principal would like walk through and make sure we weren't having sex or smoking but like unless it was snyder in which case he was like it's fine as long as you're on the swim team they think that someone maybe is trying to get revenge maybe jonathan since he was getting drowned in the beginning so willow like full-on interrogates him with like a light bulb apparently he tried out for the swim team a couple times and didn't make it so she's just like asking him all these questions and he admits it he did it and then willow just like says it all like oh so you conjured up a hell beast and you or a bad bad demon man and he's like what no i peed in the pool <laughs> it's funny principal cork and the coach are having a secret conversation about how they need to keep covering this up together this is very tragic but we need to win principal doesn't know the names of the boys yeah that was funny <laughs> that other one but this is the scene where this episode like loses me i mean we talked about this a little already but like what why is the health of these children not important listen students are gonna die in a hell mouth we all know that if we can't grab some trophies then was it worth it at all yeah but it seems like cork is having a harder and harder time justifying why so many people are dying and now he's like yeah fine let them die the school needs higher ratings how many people have guns in his head is what i'm wondering Are you not answering me because these things are going to be answered? You haven't asked a question yet. How many guns are to his head? (laughs) One gun. Right? It just doesn't make sense. It's like conflicting. 
I don't know that it's conflicting. I mean, it's kind of silly. Is he just like, uh, people die here. What's a few more? I mean, I think so. It's the Hellmouth. I mean, people die there daily. Right. But this episode is not Hellmouth related, I don't think. I think it is. <sighs> Maybe. You think that the coach is like tainted by the Hellmouth? Yeah, I mean, we've already kind of set up or we've come to understand or have to accept as justification that the weird sciencey stuff that happens on the Hellmouth that isn't supernatural is still affected by the Hellmouth. Like maybe, you know, if a mad scientist were here, he wouldn't normally know how to make a potion that does whatever, but like maybe the Hellmouth sort of inspires him in sure. ways that he wouldn't be able to do elsewhere. That's what you have to accept because there's too many like mad scientists for it to not be that. But the swim team is running out of boys and they got to find someone else or they won't even be eligible to do the next meet. And Xander overhears this. At the bronze, now we got a full ass glass globe of animal cracker boxes on display. What is happening at the bronze? What do they sell? It took me weeks to get over the fact that they sold muffins and now they just got like beautiful boxes of cookies. Just so many boxes of animal cookies. I don't know if just like every time Oz is there, he buys six to put on a puppet show for Willow, but like there's a lot. Ooh. Do they not have like adult clientele? Maybe there's like an even younger kids night. (laughs) Buffy's there to follow Gage and eventually he's like, What's the deal? Back off, lady. What's what's going on? She pretends it's like a groupie thing, but she can't really sustain that. This is all kind of weird, though, a little bit, because he's all like, yeah, we heard about your head games from my, you know, other teammates. And it is weird because, like, one of the other teammates, like, accosted her. Mm -hmm. But then her excuse is like, yeah, I'm super into you. That's weird. He also says that Cameron told him about her, but like when? Cameron got his nose broken, went to the nurse's office, went to the sauna, and then died. But Buffy just lays it all out. She's like, there's a lurker from the ocean or something that wants to skin you alive, so I'm trying to keep an eye on you. He's like, whatever, lady, I gotta go. He walks out of the bronze, like, fucking bitch, she hate that, she's such a bitch. An angel pops out. He's like, he's gotta be talking about Buffy. <laughs> That was funny. And this works out great for Angel. He wants a new vampire friend, so he's going to turn this guy into a vampire. But he tastes bad. Angel's like, ew, don't like that. Buffy pops out. She's got, like, her hair tied up with a steak. That's a new trick. I liked that. Yeah, that was uh, convenient. She pulls it out. Angel's like, all right, all right, later. Next episode, Buffy. (laughs) This is just a filler, baby. (laughs) And then Gage is like, whoa, is that the thing that killed Cameron? Buffy's like, no, that's something else. We got a lot of something else's in this town. I'm going to tell you everything about the supernatural, but I won't tell my mom. (laughs) She just tells him a lot, I thought. Oh, yeah. The next day at swim practice, there's a very large audience. I guess they're doing well, but, like, I would never just go watch a sport none of my friends were in. Especially if, like, the two top ones who I was rooting for suddenly disappeared. Right. But Buffy, Cordelia, and Willow are there eating popcorn like it's a real-ass swim meet. They think that maybe Angel thought Gage tasted bad because of steroids? Maybe these guys are winning because they're taking steroids? And then a sexy new swimmer enters, and the camera, like, pans up from his feet. And the girls are just like, oh my god, this is a hunk of meat I gotta slop onto. Pans up his whole body, and then it gets to his head, and it's Xander. Oh, what? No. Xander's embarrassed. All the girls are like, what? How could it be? But we're led to believe that the girls also panned up his whole body starting at his feet. (laughs) Yeah, the only way this makes sense is that Xander walks in, and all the girls start at his feet like the camera. When someone walks in a room from that far away, you see their face. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't just start at the bottom. 
But Xander's all like, yeah, yeah, I joined the swim team. Uh, this way I can keep an eye engaged when Buffy's busy. Cordelia is like so psyched that she's dating a swim team boy. And then Xander dives into the pool that's been peed in by Jonathan and he belly flops. I also want to point out in this scene that when they show all the swimmers lining up, one dude in the back, look for it, huge package. Mm-hmm. It was almost like they were like, you need to go in the back, man. Like, we can't have you close to the camera. All right, line up according to package size, boys. <laughs> The coach would say that. This coach, for sure. After practice, the boys are in the sauna. Xander's talking a ton. Everyone else is real zen. This is, I think, where I clearly thought something was up with the sauna. Because they just seem like they're drugged. Mm -hmm. And Xander hasn't been on the team long enough for this to have taken effect. And Xander's even like, why does everyone like the sauna? Blah, blah, blah. What's going on with the sauna? The sauna, the sauna. But then the creature is lurking. It's got its little tendrils in the grate below. Buffy's waiting for Gage to come out of the locker room so she can keep stalking him. And Xander, like, comes out to tag her in to her turn to watch. So Gage is now alone in the locker room. Alone in a locker room in Sunnydale? That's a death sentence. This is the one place we shouldn't leave him alone. What are we doing? Gage is putting his shoesies on, and he smells something gross. Then he peels open his own chest. He's becoming one of these things. It's not that they're, like, eating you. You are them. Like, you become these, and then you shed your skin. Buffy comes in and sees this. These are just like so clearly dudes in suits. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like the way they look that much. No, I mean, I think that the mask looks okay, but it's like, yeah, you're just a rubber suit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you would do. It's not like they had a budget for this. Yeah. So Buffy fights these things. It's not like her easiest fight since she doesn't really know what she's fighting. I feel like she struggles a bit and one of them like bites her and luckily the coach comes in and saves her, I guess you could call it that. I think that she fights them okay. I think because later she fights more of them. I think she's stronger than these guys and she also knows how to fight. I think she was just surprised that one bit her. What's hilarious is that like the coach comes in and they all like penguin slide down into the sewer grate. So now Buffy's getting patched up in the nurse's office. Giles informs the coach that these guys are definitely taking some kind of drug that is turning them into monsters. And the coach is like, well, I don't know about that. And Giles is like, not really believing that the coach didn't know. Well, the coach sort of suggests that, like, he maybe had an inkling something was happening, but he didn't want to ask. Yeah. So I feel like this scene does do a good job of us thinking, like, okay, the coach isn't the villain. Yeah, I didn't necessarily think he was at this point. Because he's sort of comping to, like, oh, maybe something was happening and I could have been better about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, okay, that seems like you're taking some culpabilities, so I feel like you're not evil. But it's all misdirect. So the kids do some research. Turns out all these guys have, like, steroid abuse symptoms. And everyone's like, why? Why, why would they do this? It's not worth it. But they're like, yeah, I mean, it gets them to win. And then they get treated really well. So, like, why not? And then Buffy has this line that's like straight from the trailer for this show probably she says meanwhile i'm breaking my nails fighting the forces of evil and my french teacher can't even remember my name which by the way is absurd if your name's buffy they're gonna remember that name yeah xander's back in the sauna rambling again trying to find out about the drugs he straight up is just like where's the drugs what's the drugs and they're like the steam is the drugs man (laughs) this is how steroids makes you feel man Real mellow and relaxed. I mean, what do they think they're taking? Like, do they know what's happening? Yeah, they clearly know because he says it. But I think it's just steroids. I think they think it's just steroids. Can you take steroids via steam? You know, I don't know. Also, is like sauna treatment a thing swimmers do? It's just an honest question. I have no idea. I think so. Like at the YMCA, there's saunas by the pool. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the extent of my knowledge. And maybe this. it like opens up your lungs or something? Yeah, maybe. Okay, so they know they're being drugged, you think, but not what they're being drugged with. Oh, yeah, I don't think they know they're getting like fish chemis. 
So the nurse is like yelling at the coach. She's been helping with this, I guess. The coach, the nurse are in on drugging these boys to make them better swimmers. And she's like, yeah, they're like dying. So I think I'm out. He's like, we just got to keep adjusting the mix. We'll get it right. And at this point, we don't exactly know what level of evil the coach is. Like, is he a fish person or is he just like a bad dude? Right. But if he is just a man who wants the team to win, this behavior is absurd. Oh, yeah. You keep telling me he's not killing these boys, but he's ending their life as they know it, unless okay. there's a way to fix them. You're totally right. I, j- you listeners, Stacy just kept saying, he's killing these kids. He's technically not killing the kids. He is ruining their lives. But then we do find out what level of evil he is, because he feeds the nurse to the fish boys. He does he- kill the nurse. That's his <laughs> bad. <laughs> he's keeping all the fish boys down in like the sewer of the school, and he pushes her down, and they eat her. He calls are a quitter. They may be out of the game, but they're still a team, and the team's gotta eat. (laughs) He's very uh, sports-motivated. So then Buffy confronts the coach, and he gives her a little backstory that there were some documents that emerged after the fall of the Soviet Union about putting fish DNA in Olympic swimmers. And they couldn't quite crack it, so him and the school nurse thought they would try. And they almost got it figured out. We gotta do it for the win. And she's like, I can't believe you do this. And he's all like, were you born without any school spirit? (laughs) School spirit is such a hilarious concept to me. It's like, it doesn't matter at all. No. It's okay if people die. For the school. (laughs) For the spirit of the school. God, yeah, a couple people gotta die so that our school gets a trophy. So we could put a witch in it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing this to trap some witches. (laughs) So then he pulls a gun on her and demands she get down in the fish hole. But uh, Buffy's, um, Buffy's not for food. Buffy's for, for fucking. She's for fish fucking. Yeah, this was pretty explicit. It was like... Yeah, this guy really cares about his boys. Yeah, he's like, you know, boys got other needs too. Is he in denial though? Like, does he think they're going to be human again? Like, why take care of... I mean, I guess he can't just like not feed them if he thinks they're his boys, but he seems to not be stressed out about this. (laughs) He seems to be taking things in stride. I mean, I guess he's saying he's going to adjust the mix, so maybe he thinks future boys won't turn fish. I think that's the idea. Is he going to like call these kids parents and be like, yeah, Jeff's a fish now. Now, uh, sorry. No, he's just gonna feed them nurses, I'm feeding and throw them, them uh, giving slayers. them some <laughs> teenage girls to fuck in the hole. It's fine. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing right by my boys. <sighs> so Xander's freaking out that he's becoming a fish, which is legit. He's spent some time in the sauna. I feel like no one seems to care that much either. He's like freaking out, and everyone's kind of like, "Calm down, Xander." And he's like, "No, he legitimately has a problem." Right I know. Now. So he's in the pool room with Cordelia. She's like, "Shut up, Xander. You're fine." And then he goes like into the locker room to look at his scaly neck. And then Cordelia's walking and like a fish man behind her dives into the pool, which she thinks is Xander, which is again, legit that it could be, even though she didn't seem concerned a second ago. But then she like very calmly tries to tell him it'll be okay and they can like still date and they'll figure out a way to make it work. And then Xander pops up and he's like, that's not me. And then the other fish jumps out of the pool. This scene is like... Yes, Cordelia is like super superficial and like shallow. Superficial. Fischl. But this scene I think is supposed to show us that like she cares a lot about Xander and it's not just physical, right? Which I like that. It reminds me of the scene in Harry Potter book six where Fleur is accepting the Weasley son because he's a werewolf and we find out that it's not superficial. I like that, but it's just really not done well. I feel like I don't buy her at all. She just says so much so quickly. She comes to terms with things. Far too rapidly. Yeah, it's done in like such a jokey way too. Like the whole scene is kind of comedic. Yeah. 
It could have been like a nice moment where she actually thought he was dying. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that we get to know that her feelings for Xander are not just superficial. And then we don't like touch back on it. Like he wasn't like, oh, did you really mean all that stuff you said in the pool? Yeah, I don't know. It just, it seemed fake. Not fake. Like I think her character was genuine. It just, it just, the scene wasn't good. Giles is locking all the swimmers in the library cage. Together, too, which is like, if one of them turns, it's bad for the other ones. Did they know what's going on, though? Did Giles explain why he's locking them in the cage? No, but he's a librarian. You listen to librarians. Sure. Uh, He tells them to remain calm, and they are, because they're so high on steam, (laughs) baby. You guys can't see this, but Stacey just did, like, peace signs. (laughs) Where's Buffy, though? Everyone wants to know. Xander goes to find out. He confronts the coach, sees the gun, determined Buffy must be in the fish hole. The fish are about to get her. So Xander fights the coach and I guess knocks him out. Didn't look like he did, but... He, like, brushes him off a little bit. (laughs) And he's just, like, assuming he's knocked out. He has a lot of time to pull Buffy out of the hole before the coach wakes up from the brushing. And then the coach starts to fall in the hole. He's like, don't let me fall. Why? You just sent Buffy down into the rape hole. Yeah, to get gangbanged by some fish monsters. (sighs) And then Buffy and Xander are peering over the edge, watching what the fish are doing to the coach, and they say, those boys really love their coach. So, so, they're, they're not eating him. They're not eating him. No. So, apparently, these fish are not picky. You didn't need to get the beautiful Buffy Summers. No. You could have just gotten a cow. I mean, you could have gotten uh, anything, any animal. We know the fish aren't hungry. We set up that the nurse filled them up. And we saw her body. It's There's still some left if they want it. Yeah. So, this is their other need. Okay. Okay. That's- so, is the coach alive? <laughs> um, like I don't know. They they love him, so maybe they'll have a nice relationship with him. Yeah. Oh my god. I hope not, because then someone's got to feed the coach. <laughs> okay. So that's what happened in that scene. Then we're back in that lounge area again. A lot of downtime at school. The team and Xander, I guess, is going through some plasma transfusions, and Giles believes this will work. Who is doing these? Like, did Giles explain to the hospital what has happened? Like, how many people are in on this now? Yeah, I know. I am assuming the hospital just gets crazy things like every day. They're like, hey, you know, this person's becoming like a nightmare creature, so let's just do some blood transfers. Maybe that'll work. I guess animal control came to get the creatures, but they left. Willow's like, shoot, now we gotta hunt them, and. Buffy's like, no, they're going home. And they are. They're walking into the ocean. But how does Buffy know that? She seems to, like, confidently know a lot of stuff. But to be fair, she did listen for a long time while Cameron talked about how he and his team, like, feel at home in the ocean and, like, really love the ocean. So it kind of makes sense that she gets it. Um... And that's the episode. There's a lot to discuss and break down in this episode. Sure. So some stuff does make sense. Like, it makes sense that the top swimmers were the ones that turned, right? Because they were probably the ones that were maturing faster in a fish or were being exposed to more of the steroid. So that makes sense. Also, the episode title, I didn't realize that my first watch through, but now I did. Go Fish is also kind of a clever name because they're like, go team, but Mm. it's like, go fish. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that is kind of clever. It's not, because I thought it was actually a super lazy title. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, I see. It's You can interpret it more than one way. Yeah, I didn't catch that. But also this episode is like very fish rapey and stuff. And my first time watching this, I was like, that's just some weird grossness we decided to include. But now watching it, having read a lot more and read like specifically H.P. Lovecraft, these are all Lovecraft tropes, all of them. Like the idea of like people turning into fish, Lovecraft. The idea of people just being terrified that they might turn into fish, that's Lovecraft. The idea of like fish... 
people trying to like bang human people. That's also Lovecraft. And the idea of them like wanting to like commune and return to the ocean and the sea, that's also Lovecraft. So I was like, oh, they this is these are tropes. These aren't just like random crazy bad things that are happening. Sure. Then there is a lot of like what in this episode? <laughs> like uh everything involving the coach. I guess you could argue that the Hellmouth sort of like made him crazy about school spirit. Right. Yeah. Could be. I mean, it's just, it's, he's doing a lot. So, Brian, was this a good episode? No, it was not a good episode. Yeah, I I kind of didn't like this one. There's just, I mean, you do have to suspend your disbelief in the show mm-hmm. in general. But I don't, it's just the coach's motivation for me was like, what? And there's so many people that are like in on it. And you're like asking people to cover this up when it's just not worth it. Like I get high schoolers being like, I'm at the top of my life. This is the most important thing I'll ever do. And for some of them, it probably will be. But like the coach, like, come on, it's it's high school swimming. Like, what is your damage coach that you need this so bad yeah and there's definitely fun things about the episode but the premise is just like so outrageous the things you pointed out about snyder being like yeah we're gonna like just brush these gruesome deaths like under the rug because they need some wins you're absolutely right like how important are wins to the school yeah i mean crazy they don't say like if we don't win this all of our funding is getting pulled they just want to look good yeah giles seems really checked out in this episode he's like "Eh, this is dumb the kids got this one yeah (laughs) <laughs> really, he barely helps. He went to the sewer. He got the gun loaded, but clearly weren't, they weren't looking that closely for the monsters. Yeah, I, he really didn't help. He, like, made fun of Xander's drawing. He locked up the swim team, I guess. That could have been unrelated. Okay, so not a great Buffy? Not a great Buffy. There are some interesting things about it, though. I do want to say that, and we've already discussed them, but it's n- it's not a good one. It's, it's, it's lower tier, for sure. It's like a fun mystery with some good misdirect, right? Like, I said that the coach, like, we don't know that he's evil until he reveals it. Like, I feel like the suspicion's put off of him. Yeah, like the misdirect. I suspected the sauna. I didn't necessarily suspect the coach. And everybody has something to do. Giles doesn't, I guess, but, like, all... All the kids do, I feel like. Like, Mm -hmm. Xander's, like, decisions in this episode make sense and are helpful. And Buffy's are and Willow's are. So, I I don't know. But it's not a great one. And now, for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has ever seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. So, Stacey, according to IMDb, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 2, Episode 20, Astral Monkey, the doctor that treated Piper when she was critically ill discovers and gains the sister's powers. So you remember when Piper was ill, she had sleeping beauty disease. Right, right. She had sleeping beauty disease, and a doctor must have treated her, and does that mean he kissed her? No, 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 no. A prince came and treated her. Well, it says doctor here. Or maybe he was just a prince, but then has since gone to medical school and was like, I'm going to go impress those girls now that I'm a doctor and a prince. I think he was pre-med then. He was post-prince, pre-med. Okay. Now he's post-prince, post-med. He's a doctor and a prince. But you said he's post-prince. Is he well, done being a, a prince? he's a king. He's a king now. Oh, Okay. He's a king doctor. Cool, cool. Okay, so he's a king, he's a doctor, and now he's like, I want to be a witch too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he traveled to our dimension through a book. That sounds right. He pushes his book off the shelf. Right, right. (laughs) With his will. Like an interstellar. Yes. 
<laughs> or in that episode of Buffy where the yearbook falls off the shelf. Exactly. It's, we know it's possible. So he does that, and they pick it up, and he jumps out. He's like, hey, girls, remember me? He's from the 20s. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he steals their powers and jumps back into his book. So they just, like, open up the book and then shake him out. And he's not used to being rebuffed because he's been high status his whole life. He was a prince. Now he's a king. Now and he's a doctor. a doctor. And a witch. It's just he's never been, like, really followed up on anything. Yeah. So he's, like, shook because they literally shook him out of the book. Right. But also, like, shook. Like, what? I'm supposed to win all the time. I think the women get their powers back pretty simply, right? Yeah. They just start explaining to him, like, hey, if you want to be a warlock, fine. You got our powers. But listen, it's going to be rough. Like, let's just, like, walk you through a day in our life. Like, look at Prue. She's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, look at Piper. She fell asleep for a long time and had to have a stranger kiss her. Piper doesn't even want to be a witch anymore. And I'm dating a man in a cupboard. Things are going to be bad. And he's like, yeah, yeah, this does seem bad. All right, relinquish. Yeah, he's just like, you know, I've got my medical practice to think of. I've got my subjects to rule over and think of. Yeah. I don't have time for all these demons showing up every other day. And they're like, yeah, demons show up every other day. And he just didn't really think about it. He just got greedy. So he kind of just like, Poops out their powers, and they, they suck he them back. poops out their powers. Yeah, well, that's how he got their powers. That's how he got their powers? Yeah, I mean, when he that, came... Can you explain that? Yeah, when he came through the book, mm-hmm. they were all pooping. They live in a very large mansion where they all have their own bathroom. Right. And he, you know, like, they were pooping, Keep and they... Keep going. <laughs> Baby, you're making this complicated. Am I? <laughs> Am I making it complicated? And every time they poop, you know, there's just like a little essence of of powers in the air. And he kind of just went around like, you know, much like he blew kisses at Piper to heal her. He sort of inhales the power. What the hell? Baby, it's a magical show. Somehow he gained their powers. And the same way he got it, he gives it back to them. And I think it was poop related. Poop essence. Okay. This has been Meanwhile Uncharred. And then we watched Gilmore Girls. Brian, why don't you tell them what happened in Help Wanted? Mm. This episode is about Lorelai helping her dad start his new business. And also about Rory struggling with the fact that everyone in town blames Jess for what happened with the car accident, but doesn't place any of the blame on her. Yeah. The episode opens with Lorelai and Rory walking, and Rory keeps asking her, like, what happened between you and Luke? Because it seems like you guys had a fight. Lorelai's like, oh, it's nothing. It was no big deal. Who even remembers? Uh, We're going there now. It's going to be fine. They get to Luke's, and there's a big sign that says, gone fishing, which is very funny that that just happened to land on the episode paired with the go fish of the episode. They get to Luke's, and for some reason, there's a ton of people outside. I don't know why. There's a big sign that says, gone fishing. It's not like he's coming back. Yeah, there's like an old man reading the newspaper, like, it might open in five minutes i'm like no fishing means the day yeah he's gone and kirk somehow thinks it's like his fault maybe he's like well there's some precedent for it (laughs) that was a very funny line so the girls decide they're gonna go to a different place the hungry diner they've never been here i guess but they hate this place they keep complaining that the coffee cups are too small which is silly because they're like can you bring us some more cups it's like or just leave the pot of coffee and she did leave the pot which is a i hate that request actually because like where i've worked we like have maybe one pot we can't just leave you a pot can we just i I should let this go but i can't do you remember when kirk asked for like a special coffee and lorelei's like whatever here they're like bring us more cups and more coffee. It was like, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. She needs her coffee very specific. You're right. You're right, Brian. You're right. And she needs three sugar cubes into a coffee, which is like, I thought you just loved coffee. And you're okay. Yeah, she's like, if I put three sugars in here, it'll be too sweet. I'm like, well, then put one in. Yeah, do the math. She's a hypocrite. Huge hypocrite. Kirk, 
I hope you get back at her. But then, who's that in the corner, Brian? It's Michelle. This is his Luke's. Apparently, he comes here every morning. And Lorelai just starts talking. I feel like she almost, like, abuses him. She's just, like, clearly bothering him. And she's still like, well, I still want to talk to you. Yeah, she, like, wants to try his omelet so she can see how the food is. And he won't let her. But, yeah, then she does just kind of bully him until he leaves. Which is weird if your boss shows up and's like, let me try your food. Yeah. Uh, well, he just storms out because that's Michelle. And then Rory says to her mom, like, hey, I know you're going to hate me for this, but could you help me get out of Friday night dinner? Because I got to go see Dean. And uh, obviously we have to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's getting back from out of town, doesn't know about the cast, the car accident. Jess. And so her mom's like, okay, fine. She's like, that'll give me time to think of an excuse for why you're wearing a cast for your grandparents. So far, all I have is really big bees. Yeah, I mean, I, she's going to just have to tell her, right? I mean, I get why she doesn't want to. But then it cuts to Friday night dinner, and Emily's like, so, she must have the flu. And Lorelai's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. This episode actually has, I don't know if it was a different director than normal. I didn't check, but like, I feel like there's a few cuts like that. Yeah. That, are, that have really interesting transitions. I'll point them out. Then there's like a, a funny line here, which is like doubly funny. Emily says that a woman she knows just had the flu named Benny Carlington Munchausen. Lorelai makes a joke about her having like a really long name. But neither of them address the fact that the name Munchenhausen is like a disease of pretending to be sick. Right. <laughs> it's just like people with that disease, they always want attention. So they fake their own illness. Yeah, which is almost like an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like a joke for us, I guess. But then we see Richard. He's having some trouble with his new business because he's trying to get a secretary from his old business to come with him to his new business. And she refused, even though he promised to pay her less. Yeah. What? He's not going to match her salary. I get it's a new business, but, like, no. Who's doing that? Unless she, like, really hates her old job and her husband is, like, very wealthy or something. Like, who's working for less? Yeah. I mean, I would have to be like, okay, I can work for less for X amount of time and then I have to get more. I I think that is the idea that, like, he will pay her more once it succeeds. But also, like, having a stable career, it's like, oh, do I want to throw that away to go work with a guy who might not be able to sustain a job? Richard's new business is an international insurance consultant. Whatever that means, because Emily can't explain it. Yeah. (laughs) Emily and Lorelai have a big back and forth of what that is exactly, and it's clear Emily does not know, and I don't know that I know. Yeah, I don't know. But Emily and Richard are pretty much ready to give up on this business if they can't get Margie. Yeah, because Margie takes care of everything. It's actually pretty funny. They're like, yeah, I think I'll just get rid of the space and, like, just think of something else to do. (laughs) Need Margie. She's integral. And Lorelai's like, no. I'll help you find a Margie. Yeah, I can fill in for a couple days. And this scene ends with them all just like taking a sip of their drink simultaneously. I thought that was cute. Yeah. It's like a button on like a choreographed dance. Yeah. The scene was great, I thought. Yeah, it was good. Very bouncy. Then we have the big moment, Dean's return. Ooh. Rory is waiting at his doorstep, which is a reversal of roles. Yeah. I was half surprised she wasn't like, oh, I forgot what time you were coming home. I washed your car. Yeah. Well, she did. It's a wash now, for Mm -hmm. sure. But she wrote everything she needed to say in a letter. Yeah, and she gives it to him, and she's like, just read it. And he's like, well, let's talk. She's like, just read the letter. So he does at super speed, which I don't believe at all, because Dean could barely read. Did Dean get bigger again? He's huge. I don't know. He's bigger every time I see him. But he it's crazy how fast he's supposedly reading this letter, because he's reacting to it in in real time, and it is just, like, so compact, the writing on this letter. Yeah, it's no Jess's handwriting. (laughs) Yeah. That was a reference, by the way, to the special writing from last week or week. They didn't get it. They don't get it. Yeah. Keep up, everybody. But he's just like reacting to this in real time. She's like, keep reading. He's he's clearly upset. Then he just ends up with like, is he really gone? She's like, yeah, he's gone. Like, really? She's like, yeah, he's gone. He being Jess. And then Dean's like, all right, you want to come inside for some roast? 
My mom made some roast. And Rory's all like, that's it? We're not going to fight anymore? Is it weird that she wrote a letter? I could see what I would have done. 16-year-old Stacy with a problem would probably have, like, written out my thoughts to, like, Mm -hmm. prepare a speech. But I don't know that I would have, like, just handed him a letter in person. Yeah, it's bad enough you're giving him bad news. You got to make this dumb ape read, too? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He hates books. He hates books. You've seen him at that book fair. This would be the way to break up with Jess. Yeah, exactly. Put stuff in the margins. to read. Send it back to you for thoughts. She left no margins, though. There was no space on this letter. So then later that night, Lorelai is helping her wrap her cast so she can shower. Rory's like, I can't believe he didn't freak out. Like, there was nothing. It was fine. I like this joke. She was like, he just gave me his corn. And Lorelai's like, what? (laughs) She's like, no, we were eating, like, corn. Oh, okay. It just wasn't a random corn-giving situation. But Lorelai's, like, really stressing, like, you need to make things work with Dean. Now you can focus on Dean. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Jess is gone. Jess is gone. Bye-bye. Dean. Dean, Dean, Dean. I mean, obviously, I feel like there's more Jess to come. That's the offer. But this scene was like, Jess is not done. Because, like, Lorelai's too pushy on Dean. And Dean dealt with it too well. Rory's got to screw this up somehow. Mm. Or when I say screw up, she's it's just, it just worked out too well. Like, it, And there's two episodes left, so it's, there's more with Jess. Anyway, Lorelai's helping her dad out at his office. She can't take phone messages for him because she doesn't have any paper or pens. He doesn't have anything. I thought this was funny. Somebody called, and it was like Mr. Hansen, and he's like, no, 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 no. And she like lied for him yeah. that he wasn't there. That was funny. And she's like, we need to buy this stuff. He's like, well, Margie usually just has it. So they go to, I don't know, Office Depot? Something like that. He's clearly never been to one of these before. Yeah, he's just like, oh, there's so many paper clips. Why would, why on earth would anyone need multicolored paper clips? This just really illustrates how out of touch he is with, like, the common man. Yeah, or just, like, any man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai's just like loading the car with everything. She just blindly grabs a huge box of ink. Like, yeah, that was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. You got to like. Where's Margie? We gotta, need someone <laughs> to know what kind of printer you got. You got to look at the chart. You got to figure out what the size is. You don't just grab a box of ink. Printer ink is so complicated. <laughs> also, what is this store? There's like coffee pots on display right next to the binders. Those would not be in the same aisle, let alone like right next to each other. Yeah, this is like a dosy store. It's just like everything is like right there. But Rich fucking loves Office Max. Yeah, at first he's not into it, but then suddenly he's like, oh yeah, I like it now. He's having a great time. I love having so many pens. And you know what? I saw my wife have a post-it note one time, so I'm gonna get her a bunch. You never get me post-it notes. Yeah, you don't deserve them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Emily does though? Yeah, if you nagged me more and yelled at me, I would get you post-it notes. You do deserve them. That seemed really harsh. It was a joke. You deserve all the post-it notes in the world, baby. Thank you. In the next scene, Rory and Lane notice that a music shop's opening up. Of course, Lane is ecstatic. She's super excited. Rory sees uh, Taylor Dosey and, like, apologizes for the bench that she ruined. We didn't see the bench. This is all new information to us. I went back and looked at the previous episode. They say they hit, like, a tree or a pole. They said nothing about a bench, so they added this information. Yeah, but he 100% blames Jess. And she's like, oh, but, you know, it wasn't totally Jess's fault. He's like, yes, it was. It was all Jess's. Of course he doesn't blame her. She was, like, his model customer, you know, at the video store, which we'd never heard about again. So he doesn't blame her, but this kind of, like, rubs her the wrong way a little bit, you know, because it was an accident, and it's not Jess's fault in her mind. No, take a peach. Yeah, and then he just hands her a peach. Like, what? (laughs) the hell is happening right now? Lane goes to the music store and she loves it. A random man walks out and Brian was convinced it was Kirk. I was like, it is not. Well, then we rewound it and it was not Kirk. (laughs) 
at all. <laughs> it was and, clearly someone else. In fact, Kirk was inside the store applying for another job. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Kirk already has like seven jobs. So that's kind of a running bit. That's funny. I liked that. Lane wants to touch everything. And then the owner comes over and is like, hey, I'm from New York, clearly. Fun fact. I didn't know this. The music store owner is Carol King, who writes and sings the theme song. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, she's a famous musician, but that's her. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Well, she's like, you can't touch anything. And Lane's like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, she just sort of air drums because she can't touch it. But the store owner is very much like, this looks good on you. Buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Back at Richard's office, Emily calls to tell Richard about the party she's going to have to, like, kick off his business, I guess, which is whatever. He's an international insurance consultant. I don't understand how a party helps with international business, but. Yeah, who's it? I think it's just to, like. What's the word? Coronate the office? Christen? I don't know. But this is kind of funny because Lorelai pretends to be some kind of like ditzy, like flirty secretary that like baby's hooking up with her boss. Yeah. Uh, and Emily hates that, obviously. That was funny. Yeah, But things are going great with like Lorelai and her dad. They seem to be great uh, office mates. Which immediately means it's not going to go well later, right? This show, if someone's having a good time, it's going to flip. Someone calls and Lorelai's like, no, Margie doesn't work at the company anymore. But like she'd never worked at this company. So yeah. I don't know who's asking that. Unless Richard's like lying about what company he is to his clients. Yeah. Or like just because they know it's Richard, they assumed he'd have Margie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That mm-hmm. was weird. It was weird. Lorelai's working for her dad for a while. Yeah, like multiple days this week, I think. Yeah, which the whole time we're like, don't you have a job that you need to go to that's important? Yeah, I get like one day, but it, it seems like, like maybe she doesn't work Tuesday or something. But. Yeah, she does help him interview some people, some of which are really suited for the job. We see the end of an interview with someone and Lorelai's like, oh, she was great. And Rich is all like, eh, I don't know, kind of like just having you here. And it becomes clear that Rich is maybe like just planning on his daughter being his secretary. I don't know. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, she's like, well, I have to work tomorrow. I can't come tomorrow. And they were like eating lunch, loving their lunch. He said his sandwich was so good. And then when she brings up that she has to leave the next day, he's like, well, I'm done with my sandwich. Just leave them now. I'm a baby. Yeah, I know. It was such a little baby bitch move. It really was. Like, what? She has a job. I would get you being upset if she didn't have a job and she was Mm -hmm. helping you out and was going great. And she's like, actually, I don't want to work for you because our relationship's weird. But it wasn't that. She just like owns a business pretty much. Yeah, I I, I just feel like it's kind of just unbelievable. Meanwhile, Babette comes running over to Rory. By the way, Babette's hair looks great. In it this does. Scene. Really looks good. Not important to the plot, but I just want to mention that. But she starts talking to Rory like, oh, I totally understand what happened. What are we supposed to do when like really hot, bad men like seduce us? This like, happens to every woman. She was like, I was in a cult once. Hilarious line. I like laughed out loud when yeah. she said that. Because she's done that before. Rose she just like drop some bomb about some experience she's had. I was thrown out of a moving car once, she oh, said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But she's essentially just be like, this is all Jess's fault. You're just a woman with desires and needs. You're helpless to his masculine wiles. Which is a kind of a different thing than what Taylor said. This is like women are dumb and can't help themselves. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, Rory's like clearly like it was not anyone's fault. But if it is anyone's fault, it's both of our faults. It's not just his fault. Uh, so she's really getting rubbed the wrong way by this. Lane calls Rory and is like, I found my calling. I'm going to be a drummer. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about it. Rory's like, cool. Then Lane hangs up and then immediately walks into her, like, Korean church choir. 
Yeah, but she right before that was like, I'm rock and roll, baby, and then just like sits down and sings some Christian hymn. <laughs> it's a very fun juxtaposition again. Then it's party time. Rory and Lorelai are on the way there. They got some fast food because they think the food's going to be bad at the party. I don't know why. Yeah, but... I just assume it'd be good. I think it's just going to be like small plates and they mm-hmm. want like substantial food. So apparently there are other restaurants in this town that they just never go to. Well, obviously because they're bad. Yeah, the burger's inedible. She hates it. I just want to point out Lorelai had a burger for lunch with her dad. So this is her second burger. <laughs> if it's the same day, I don't know. Rory's like, uh, it's too bad you couldn't get a burger because Luke's not here right now because of me. So now Rory just like really starts talking about how, you know, everyone's blaming Jess, but it's not Jess's fault. I don't know. I mean, I do feel like if Dean crashed the car, people would blame Dean. Dean is also pretty new to this town where yeah. Rory is the princess. Yeah. Dean's a little more respected. He's got a job at the store. Everybody knows him. But like, I don't think it would be as bad because people don't hate Dean. I think it's different because they might blame Dean in their head, but I don't think they would go around being like, oh, that Dean, because they already all hate Jess, like you just said. Yeah. Like, he's stealing stuff. He's doing, like, pranks that really hurt people's feelings and property. And she is supposed to be in a car with Dean. She's not supposed to be in a car with Jess. Yeah, she's in Dean's car with Jess. But also, like, Rory saying it's not Jess's fault is kind of dumb, too. Because, like, it, it really isn't Rory's fault other than the fact that she let them be in the car together. Yeah. It was a total accident. Jess didn't really do anything wrong. Like, something jumped out in front of them. That fucking deer. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think it's, like, really fair for Rory to blame herself either. No, you're right. But I get why she's like, Jess didn't try to hurt me. You know? Like, Jess didn't fuck up. Yeah, totally. I I think it's more of a, she wants to be with Jess, and she doesn't want Jess to be the villain. Right. Even if she isn't like, I like knowingly, like I want to be with Jess. She just doesn't want to see him as a villain. So she has to disagree with what they're saying. And he isn't the villain as far as you already said. Like he didn't intentionally do this. Uh, though it, it it could be that the car swerved because it was just so full of baseballs. He put the baseballs in Rory's car? I, we never saw where they were. It's true. If they were curved balls, that makes sense. So at the party, everything goes down. Everything. Everything. Lorelai and her dad, Richard, have like a really kind of a nice moment where she notices that he, quote unquote, bagged the Swede. He like got a Swedish guy to go into business with him or to as a client. We don't know what Richard does. Yeah, we have no idea. But he did something with a Swedish guy that was good. He got a massage. And at first, Richard kind of bulked. He's like, I didn't bag a Swede. But then he's like, yeah, I bagged the Swede. They're they're doing well now. Like I guess they're over that little unpleasantness they had. Yeah, their fight was not big. No. But it seems like they're good and actually really good now. Considering a few episodes ago, they had a hard time spending a day together. Yeah, and he's hired that woman that we saw him interview. Yeah, Karen. And Emily loves Karen. Karen's doing great. Karen is going to be the new Margie. Well, we'll see, Richard says. <laughs> That's true. This is nice, though, because Richard and Lorelai, when they were working together temporarily, Richard sort of, like, respected her and, like, thought she was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. You could tell he really liked her insight and her, like foresight I guess to like do things for him where like that episode where he visited her at her inn he was like really criticizing her for business stuff right so it's, it's cool to see that he's like no you are good at this mm-hmm. totally agree uh, when Rory shows up though Emily notices the cast and Lorelai tries to come up with like a reason for the cast yeah she just shouts bees yeah but Rory immediately just says what happened like all of it she's like I was in a car Jess crashed me and Jess car crashed Jess remember Jess me crash and Emily's like I thought you were going to put a stop to that boy Lorelai it was your job to get rid of him which is all kinds of bad news to say that um in front of Rory so Rory like storms out she's mad and Lorelai goes after her because Lorelai's upset because now she looks terrible in front of Emily because she kept from Emily that her daughter had gotten into a car accident mm-hmm. and she didn't do what Emily wanted her to do which is 
just to get rid of Jess. The one thing they agreed on in two seasons. That and how good that steak was. It's a good steak. So Rory's all pissed, you know, and she's like, you hate Jess. Everyone hates you, Jess. And Lorelai's like, I get to hate Jess because he hurt my daughter. And like, I don't care if that's unfair or if you don't like it, but like, I get to hate him. He's an angry, out of control kid. He's gone and I win. Yeah, she says I win, which is like, Arr. and then it seems like they're maybe fine. Like Rory like calms down. Well, they like realize they're calling a scene and they like don't really want to fight. So yeah, Rory decides to go. Yeah, like everyone must have heard this. You know, maybe the Swede is like, I'm unbagged now. Oh, wow. Is that what Swedes sound like? I have no idea. It's definitely German, at least. Yeah, I don't know. It was a white person who made that voice it was it was brian morris <laughs> but then she's like well i'm just gonna go home and it seems like it's fine but like i don't know i feel like there's an undercurrent here that's not good we don't get to see what happens between lorelei and her mother i'm sure her mother is still livid or how the party responded to that yelling no but we do get to see what happens to lane lane is just like hanging out like a weird creeper at the music store and then she kind of just like lays on her whole thing my mom won't let me be here i want to be here could I come on these days and play the drums? Please, I need it. She's just like begging her. Like, this is my new found future. Please. Wednesdays and Fridays when my mom's at her Bible class. I can teach you Korean in exchange for time here. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not going to. I don't need to know Korean. But obviously at some point she just like can tell that Lane's like obsessed. So she's like, all right, you can be here and I'll shut off the lights for you. Yeah. <laughs> Lane's like, shut off the lights, please. My mom walks by here sometimes. That was funny. What do you think about Lane's drumming ambitions? I'm sure that's going to become something. Okay. That's all I know. Okay. I don't know. So the last scene is Rory walking home from the bus stop and she walks by Luke's and Luke's unloading fishing gear and she's like, did you catch anything? And he's like, no, which is like, really? In a whole day you didn't catch anything? No fish monsters? Yeah, it's like fish are easy to find. I saw him at my high school swimming in the pool. He's like, you want to come in for coffee? She's like, yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's night. I want coffee. <laughs> I'm just about to go to bed. That sounds great. So Luke's all like, where's your mom? She's like, at this party. And then she's like, you know, Jess didn't mean to do this. It's not Jess's fault. And he's like, I know. And that's it. Does he know? I mean, I think he does. I think he knows that Jess wouldn't hurt Rory. So this is just them bonding over, we both know there's an okay side to Jess? Yeah. I don't know that Luke has really seen that, but I feel like him and Luke are sort of kindred spirits in a way. I mean, I think that Luke sees him when we don't. So we can't judge everything Luke sees by what we see. And I think probably, yeah, like you said, I think Luke probably sees some of himself in Jess. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Luke at some point in his life was, Luke is an emotionally troubled dude. (laughs) Like, yeah. maybe wasn't quite like Jess, but I can see a little bit of himself in Jess. I don't know, but I almost got the impression that Rory maybe was wanting to go back to, like, talk to Luke without oh, yeah? her mom. I don't know. She was asking a lot about Luke. I think she's maybe like, my mom won't tell me what's wrong with Luke. I'm going to fucking talk to Luke and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on with Jess. And yeah, they just eat donuts and have coffee. Scene. So, Stacy, was this a good episode of Gilmore Girls? It, it was fine. I really liked the little arc that Lorelai and Richard had because it was really fun to see them get along. Yeah. Him like respecting her as a businesswoman. I feel like seeing Richard get along with people was like a fun thing. I just always like seeing that. Yeah, it's fun when he's having a good time, always. That being said, his baby moment was ridiculous. I know. But then they resolved it and I feel like their relationship is great at the moment. And Rory's story uh, definitely is interesting. Like we talked about that too. You know, she's like trying to justify why she can love Jack. Mm-hmm. by trying to make him seem like not a bad guy to the town. And all her little interactions were fun. Like Taylor and Babette had fun jokes. And this is like actually a big thing for Lane that we saw. I didn't really remember this episode in particular. But yeah, that it is the start of something for her. Is she going to become a New Yorker? I don't know. But it, that's good because I feel like Lane didn't have a ton going on. And this is the start of her things that are going on. Mm-hmm. But none of that was like super great. I, I did like the Lorelai and Richard stuff. 
And there yeah. were funny jokes. But overall, it was like a whatever episode. Yeah, I just felt like the Dean stuff. I mean, I don't know if the writers were literally like, well, Dean's supposed to come back this episode, but like the emotion stuff's going to be next two episodes. <laughs> like, because it was just, he's like, ugh. All right, whatever. Yeah. Ruined my car I built from scratch for you when you were hanging out with a guy you clearly love. Whatever. I, I really liked the scene with Lorelai and her mom trying to figure out what Richard's job was. I think Lorelai even said, like, we should be Abbott and Costello or something like that. Because it was a good, like, just back and forth joke. But I also really loved the fight between Lorelai and Rory. We don't get a ton of that. But I thought it was, like, interesting to see Lorelai at her breaking point. where She's just like, yeah, I don't like Jess, okay? You got me. I'm happy he's gone. La, 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 la. Mm-hmm. I like that she just, like, laid it all out because she has the freedom to do so since he's gone. Right. She doesn't have to pretend anymore that she's, like, fine with her being friends with him. Right. So that's what I think. It's good. I wonder how my thoughts would have been when I was younger watching it. Because, like, I, like, get Rory's point of view. And when I say get, I don't mean I think that she's right. Like, dating Jess is probably, he's probably not a great guy to date. But, like, I get her, like, doing it. Like, we, you know? Mm-hmm. And I also totally get her mother's point of view. Whoever you date right now is probably not going to be the guy you're going to end up with. Dean's, like, a safe guy you can date. And, like, it's not going to, he's, like, a good guy. It's not going to get crazy. And if you fall in love with him, that's fine, you know? Yeah. But, like, Jess is, like, a guy who might get you pregnant. <laughs> yeah, which is probably Lorelai's big goal to not have happen. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because that would make her mom so mad. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And make her mom, like, right. Ugh. Ugh. So, Brian, which episode do you think was better? Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to go Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I kind of didn't like that Buffy. And while this wasn't like a great episode of Gilmore Girls, it had a lot of stuff I really did like. Yeah, I do think um, when I talked about Buffy, there are like aspects about that episode that I do think are good. Yeah, me too. And that I do like, but I just don't feel like it came together as a, as a whole. Yeah, too many questions. Yeah, but like the more I think of it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool. But it just didn't function completely. Whereas this episode of Gilmore really did. Mm-hmm. It did seem a little bit like treading water, like, let's get to the emotional stuff. No, we have to sit in these emotions for a minute before we can, like, really blow up. But Buffy's the same. I mean, Spike freaking stood up at the end of the previous episode. And we're like, this episode's about fish and swim teams. <laughs> totally, I agree. Angel's here, but just a little. That's how Joss Whedon talks, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he sounds like. All right, if you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 21, Lorelai's Graduation Day. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 21, Becoming Part 1. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my God. It was so funny because on Netflix, the next episode of Gilmore Girls, an image of Lorelai graduating popped up, and Brian thought it was just like a generic Gilmore Girl image, and it was a huge spoiler. I was like, she's going back to school? The next episode is called her graduation day. It's like Dragon Ball Z where there's like episode titles are like Goku dies like okay well yeah it's just like Dragon Ball Z yeah it's a lot like Dragon Ball Z in the meantime we'd love to hear your thoughts on the things we discussed in this podcast like did your high school have this much freaking school spirit that they just let the teams become fish legit question how important was school spirit to you when you were in school because for me not at all not at all but maybe it was for you and I want to know I had pockets of school spirit but never was like school spirits my thing I never cared at all. I'm not a big sports guy. I was on the swim team and the football team and the soccer team. These are lies or news. They're news. I was 100% on those things. You were on the swim team? I was on the swim team for like a hot minute. I went to a couple practices and I quit because... The fish people? I just can't... I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like go in the sauna and then afterwards I'd like just punch a hole in the wall. And I just... <laughs> the sauna didn't get you the good high, baby. <laughs> 
Which episode did you guys like better? Is this the worst episode of Buffy? Some people think this is the worst episode of Buffy. I don't think that's true. I think there's. I think season one had some that were maybe worse. I like this one more than Reptile Boy and Some Assembly Required. There was a lot of bad things with this. Like casually hearing a coach get raped by his fish team. Yes. So let us know what you think. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an EY. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe, also called Brian and Stacy. We just posted that stuntman sketch there. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out here on the podcast. All right, Brian, time to go get those potatoes out the oven. Oh, yeah. They're going to be so unique. And salty. And naked. Okay, yeah. Buttery? They're not. They have their skin still on. Yeah, but no foil. <laughs> there, there is foil, though, guys. There's a little foil. There is foil. He's lying to you. There's just a little foil. Bye.